and welcome to episode number 53 of the Building a Better Body podcast. And I have lined up another fabulous guest for you today. I've talked about mindfulness in the past, but this is kind of only coming from my experience. So what better way to talk about it more in depth is to get a professional on it. So today you will hear from Bridging Ray Kaya, and she has lots of really useful tips and hints for you. I hope you enjoy the show. Let's go. Today on the show, I'm talking to Bridging Ray Kaya. Uh, I met Bridging by chance quite recently. Actually, I've been meeting all sorts of interesting people lately, and I'm making a point of, of reaching out to them when I feel that draw to do so. And I want this podcast to be, you know, diverse and interesting. So when I meet the fabulous new people, I want to give them that platform. Uh, Bridging runs the site Immeasurable Minds, and I, I had a good snoop around it in order to give you a little bit of information on her before we launch into the show. And as her bio describes, she is a pioneer of mindfulness and self-compassion classes for the general public in Northern Ireland, and she's the only person to have a master's in mindfulness-based approaches. She's a trained mindful self-compassion teacher, a qualified yoga teacher, and has appeared on the TED Talk stage. Now, I watched the TED Talk, uh, and Bridgine had, had such a calming presence. I guess that is to be expected, <laughs> being in her business. Um, I know if I was doing it, I'd probably be so pumped that I'd be talking a million miles an hour, but she was so, so calm. So hopefully we'll be able to talk about that as well. But without further ado, let me introduce you to Bridgine. Hello, Bridgine. Hello, Karen. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm great. Thank All you. wrapped up and cosy whenever it's cold outside. Oh, my feet are a bit cold, but it's just really cold today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Brilliant. Although we can't cope whenever it's cold. You know, if it was Canada, this would be like no big deal. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> so so mindfulness mindfulness is, is a little bit of a buzzword, I guess, right now. Um, but I'm not too sure many people know exactly what it is or really understand it or even worst case scenario dismiss it and think oh that's not for me uh for, for those listening how would you describe it well you know i understand why people would have all sorts of wrong perceptions about it mm-hmm. because it's been taken by the media as like a panacea for everything and it is a really helpful practice and it is a lot of things it's not just one thing and even the term mindfulness isn't uh <laughs> i'm just gonna it's more complicated for your listeners like but even the <laughs> mindfulness it, it, it's not a full term because it sounds like it's just about the mind mm-hmm. and really mindfulness is about the body. Sometimes we call it heartfulness or kindfulness and um, so it's the mind and body coming together in the present moment. It's basically the awareness of what we're doing in the present moment and there's different aspects to it so you know you can have a kind of definition of um you know, mindfulness is, it's a, it's a special type of energy or type of awareness that's created through a practice, mm-hmm. a practice being present. Um, it's also something that you can do naturally and you, you, some people will be more, you know, constitutionally mindful than others. But how I explain it to people is that there's two aspects to it. Mm-hmm. One is a mind training. It's paying attention on purpose. So you know that you're paying attention and you pay attention in the present moment. So that's an aspect of it. And you know, your mind wanders away and you bring it back and it wanders away again, bring it back. So it's that kind of training. And we can do that as a formal practice or an informal practice. So there's different ways of doing that. Mm -hmm. And the second element of mindfulness, which is 
probably even harder than that element and that is hard to do that um it's the um the attitude it's how you pay attention yeah so it's kind of a training attention and the other sort of it's like two wings of a bird it's the um learning how to pay attention and um then it's the attitude of or how you pay attention and you know because somebody can be you know maybe training in something but if they're not um doing it in a kind compassionate non-judgmental way then it's not mindfulness mm-hmm. in order to be mindfulness um it should have that kind of um feeling around it yeah. or that to that that type of mind so and that can be very difficult especially to ourselves to you know to be kind ourselves and not judge ourselves is not how we're conditioned in this society so yes. yeah mm-hmm. brilliant have you read the book uh judgment detox no, I haven't. By Gabby Bernstein, I believe her name is. I, I've read it quite recently and I've handed it over to a friend and it is so eye-opening just whenever you talk about judgment there. We are mm-hmm. so conditioned to do it. And it's not our fault. It's just, I don't know, it comes from a place of uncomfortable or, or something like that. But mm-hmm. whenever you judge somebody, it's potentially just triggering something in you. It's a reflection on you. Uh, because whenever you are in a peaceful place in your in your own head and you're happy you don't judge but it's whenever you're hurting and you've got sort of suffering going on then that's when you project this judgment on other people yeah and it's not just um because we're hurting i mean yes it is because we're hurting but it's also the nature of the mind mm-hmm. it's how our minds are designed and i know you wanted to ask me about neuroscience and we can talk about that but mm-hmm. you know the mind is a judging mind it's a comparing mind you're sitting in a room and you say, you know, this wall should be blue and that wall should have carpet or, you know, you just randomly, if, you, if you're if you somewhere long enough, you'll have judgments about it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't personal. It's just kind of like what the mind does. It yeah. And it judges and it comments and it's how we're almost trained to do that. Yeah. And stuff that is, is a practice and it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to be, as you would say, aware that you're doing it because we, do, we live in such a fast paced environment you almost don't even know you're doing it because it's normal or natural it's like a knee-jerk reaction to just judge this that and the other that's right that's right especially as we get older you know we we buy the t-shirts and you know we've been there already and we kind of you know 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 it all yes (laughs) your child you know it's all new and you know you accept things you know kids are much more accepting than adults yeah, yeah, so true. And as I was saying, I handed that book over to a friend and she messaged me this morning saying she witnessed two girls in her, her workplace just kind of judging and, and being a bit negative. So she put her headphones in, totally ignored it and worked away and had the best day ever. <laughs> Didn't get involved in it, just took a step back. Uh, yeah. So it is yeah. easy to take a step back and not get sucked into it. But I yeah. know when you do get sucked into it, it's what people do. They feel there's a, almost a bond because we're all talking about the same thing. Right. <laughs> You know, that's true. That's how we, so we do bond with each other over negative things. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's all cold. So we're bonding over, we're all cold. Or, you know, we all hate the boss. So we'll all bond because we all hate the boss. You know, it's kind of one of the things that unite <laughs> yeah. us. And it's not always helping. Yeah. So it's maybe about you setting the standard if you can, taking a step back and be, I'm going to be the light. I'm going to be the positive one and see if that <laughs> sets the standard. Yeah, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. It's worth a try. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I mentioned you did a tech talk, <laughs> a TED talk, sorry, not a tech talk. Um, how, how did you find it? Because as I said, you came across so relaxed. Were you actually relaxed? 
Um, you know, I, I did my best. Um, I tell you, it all happened kind of really bizarre, the story of how I, I came to do that TED Talk. It was only the second time there had been a TEDx organized in Northern Ireland. Um, all the TEDx's are organized by a woman called Eva, Eva Grossman. Mm-hmm. And um, she sent me a message on Twitter. And honestly, I didn't know her at all. And she said, um, how would you feel about giving a TED Talk? And two hours previously, I just handed in my notice to my job in the civil service. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I was really, really nervous, but yeah. I've given up my job. So I think I have to say yes. And yeah. she's like, design. So it kind of came about in a really fortunate way. So I thought, you know, I have to do it. And mm-hmm. um, originally it was going to be in April, but then it was put off until the September. This is four years ago now, 2014. Okay. Like September 2014. And um, I, I find it really hard to come up with a topic because mindfulness is such a mm. <laughs> such a random thing to talk about. And yeah. also get accessible and get people to practice with me. So once I kind of settled on that, you do get um, a person who will um, do a run through with you, maybe like the day before, I think it was, okay. the day before or that day. So that's kind of nerve wracking, but it helps you. And you go on to, you go up to the venue and you have a look around. I mean, you don't see the stage or anything. It isn't set up yet. Mm-hmm. And she said there was a woman the year before who was an academic and who got on the, so she said, don't have any notes. Mm. You have to do it without notes. So the woman the year before, he got on stage, dropped her notes, and started to cry. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is what you want to hear before you go on, like? <laughs> My benchmark for success, I have to go on and not cry, and then it'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that was in my mind that I didn't want to cry. And the other thing I did was I looked at some TED Talks, and one I came across was called um, Body Language by Amy Cuddy. Have you heard of that? No, I have not. I'll write that down, though. Yeah. <laughs> Amy Cuddy is a famous um, researcher and she's particularly interested in body language mm-hmm. and she, it's really interesting. Her TED talk, she's did the big TED, you know, I just did a TEDx. So her mm-hmm. talk is 18 minutes long and um, it's based on her research at Harvard and in it she talks about things called power poses. Oh yes, and, maybe yeah. I have seen that actually. Yeah, it sounds familiar, the power pose does anyway. Yeah, I think it's been on, um, you know, Grey's Anatomy and the... the the junior doctors were doing it and that. I mean, yes. people sent it to me since because I always tell the story about the power pose. And so before I went on stage for two or three minutes, I stood at the back um, in the superwoman pose, mm-hmm. which is really arrogant. You just stand there with your hands on your hips. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, you know, um, it is really effective because whether you believe it or not or whether your thoughts are in line with it or not, it will increase your testosterone in men or women, which is your confidence, your confidence hormone. Uh-huh. And it will decrease your um, cortisol, which is your stress hormone. Mm-hmm. So I did that and I breathed. Mm-hmm. And when I was on stage, I practiced when I was sharing, when I was talking, I did actually do the breathing. And I was aware of my feet. Yes. And I tried to be present and I tried to really focus on what I was doing and look at the people in the front row and try and stay there and not think about six cameras and 200 200 people and 23 other speakers and all those kind of things. So I did my best just to stay present. And to be honest, it was very nerve-wracking to the point where I can't even look at that TED Talk. I've never... (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't really listen back to my podcasts unless, you know, I know I've made a mistake or I need to edit something out. I kind of... It's done. I'm... You know, there's no point in editing life like that. Just let it be. (laughs) Yes, yeah, and... You know, and you immediately think, I'd love to do it again. I would do it better this time and I would do it different now that I knew what it, what it was course. like because you have no idea. And, you know, at that point, 
not many people had done it and yeah so mm-hmm. I think even on the point of of judgment people want you to do well you know they're not sitting there in the audience hoping you fall over your words you know that they, they want you to do well so if you kind of come from that perspective you know this is for them they want me to do well I'm gonna be yeah. okay here yeah. I, know, <laughs> and, I always think I, I want to be helpful to people I want to offer something helpful yeah. so be my aim so if I think about that rather than think about myself you know Mm-hmm. And I've also heard another thing talking of the power pose. Uh, I can't even remember who said it, but if you obviously do it in, in, in uh, the secrecy of out the back, but you yawn before you go on the stage, uh, just a big, big yawn and stretch your neck. And it's basically telling your brain it's it, this is going to be relaxed. It's going to be chilled out. I'm OK. I'm really relaxed now. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure, you know, that can work as well. It's we tools that you do. And, you know, when you're talking about mindfulness, it is lucky because you know, mindfulness will activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is mm-hmm. your rest, yes, and it will bring you into the present moment. So you let go of your worries. So actually, for speaking in front of people, it's it's a good thing to be talking about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then I don't know if I talk about Mel Robbins quite a bit in the five second rule. She just kind of says to herself, five, four, three, two, one, go. Don't overthink it. Don't let the brain take over. Just do because there's a pull because you said you wanted to do it there was no sort of second guessing so you knew you wanted to do it so you get excited and then she says that excitement and fear provokes the same reactions in the body it's just what your brain tells you what it is (laughs) yes yes i haven't heard of her but there was somebody else another person who did a ted talk um Mm -hmm. maybe nicole mcgonagall maybe i think and she did about how stress is actually helpful for us so we all need to have a wee bit of stress. If we didn't have any stress, we wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. We'd just like lie there all day. <laughs> exactly. I hear that's the cortisol. So you need a wee bit of cortisol, but just not too much. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and and sometimes you just have to do these things. And <laughs> of course you do. And then you feel great after it. You know, if you can even focus in on what you're going to feel like afterwards, you know you're going to feel great after it. It's like anything like that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes we we have to push ourselves, challenge ourselves, and accept things and sometimes I find myself going you know how did I get myself into this <laughs> you know that's what life's about just go for it yeah. for sure would you do it again yes and I would do it better yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I would, I was, yeah if I ever got asked yeah you have to say yes if somebody asks you that's my my thing you know yeah and in a couple of weeks time I'm gonna be filming uh, two yoga videos for Sandra um oh, yeah I am Centra's Mindfulness Ambassador mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I am a qualified yoga teacher, but I don't practice as much as I used to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> teach it anymore or I have I focus more on different aspects of mindfulness and, um, you know, I feel like saying, oh, can you wait a year or I lose a stone and then I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, yeah, as I am, as my body as I am right now and, you know, so yeah. Some- you get yourself into these things but you have to just do it anyway that's exciting I I look forward to see that (laughs) (laughs) I do like a bit of yoga but I'm not very flexible it doesn't matter again mindfulness and yoga go hand in hand as you would say yourself I'm sure so it's just nice to do that practice in itself yeah Yeah. it is um, uh, yoga is a mindful practice so it's um, it's bringing awareness to the body and breath and movement I mean it depends on the type of class and the type of teacher sure but me it was designed as a as a mindful movement yeah I went to uh flow yoga last week for the first time somebody invited me to it mm-hmm. and it was uh 
I don't know what it was described as, but it was a very chilled out one and it was just exactly what I wanted on that morning. It was beautiful. It wasn't strenuous at all, but you were moving and it was very in the moment. I enjoyed it a lot. I might have to join up. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a lovely space, Flo. That's where I'm actually going to be filming the videos. But um, yeah, it's lovely. And it is a lovely space, yeah. Dynamics. Yoga is good as well. It wakes us up in the morning. It gives us a wee workout. So both types of yoga are great, the slow and, and the fast, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have uh, apps for yoga, but it's just not the same as going into a room and being present and listening to somebody else. Because even even though you're concentrating in the house, you do get distracted by other things when you're not in that nice open space that where you should be doing your yoga, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's the same with mindfulness classes. So you can download your app and your headspace and all those different things. But they actually go to a class in real life and sit with other local people with the teacher there in the moment. It's a different, completely different experience. In fact, it's much easier to meditate in a group, a live group, than it is to sit at home with your app. Yeah, yeah it makes absolute sense to me, for sure. Uh, so we, we touched briefly there a minute ago on neuroplasticity. It's getting into the technical stuff. <laughs> I find this super fascinating because I have learned a bit about it myself. Um, you know, what we once thought about our brains is, is totally changing. New, neuroplasticity is basically about the brain having the ability to reform and regain synaptic connections. Uh, where does mindfulness come in here? Because I do not know. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, mindfulness has been practiced for over 3,000 years. You mm-hmm. could say Buddha was the first mindfulness craving. So it's been around a long time, and, you know, people have realized the benefits and a long time. But over the last 20, 30 years, um, neuroscience has grown because, you know, of technology, they have something called functional magnetic resonance mm-hmm. scanning, and they can see what's happening in the brain. So they're able to tell when you meditate what parts of the brain light up, when you're not meditating, what parts light up, and all this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So what they have discovered, the people who meditate, or even people who just do a course in meditation, the parts of the brain to do with happiness and contentment thicken and the parts of the brain to do with stress and anxiety shrink mm-hmm. so that's the amygdala the amygdala is the stress part of the brain and um you can actually shrink your amygdala by practicing mindfulness so it's like any new skill if you want to learn how to play the piano you know you're creating new neural pathways in your brain mm-hmm. start to do mindfulness you're actually training your mind so you're making a new neural pathway you're strengthening certain parts of the brain and you're atrophying other parts yeah. and so it's like um they've done scans on black taxi drivers cab drivers in london those guys have a completely different hippocampus than um the rest of us because they have to go through a three-year training program to become a london cabbie and so they have a whole map of london in their brain wow and on a brain scan you know they've got a different size of hippocampus so mm-hmm. anything you do consistently will change your brain mm-hmm. good news. it's not like you know you're fixed and you know people say oh that's just the way I am mm-hmm. you know that's they're allowing themselves to be <laughs> it's possible anybody and everybody can do it anybody who has you know the capacity to understand can actually do the practice which is really most people yeah it's, it's, it's a, a fascinating subject I've talked a little bit about it in the past about you know whenever you learn new skills what you're possibly doing is staving off certain neurological diseases in the future, like Alzheimer's and things like that. 
Um, people used to think that you have to keep your brain active by doing crosswords, but that doesn't work because you're just recalling uh, old information. But when you actually learn a new skill, you get those new synapses in the brain. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not quite sure how it relates to Alzheimer's. I wouldn't have read up on that, but mm. I knew that it does relate to... Have you heard of telomeres? Yes, yes. Yeah. The longer, the better. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so telomeres are the things on the end of our cells that... Um, help us stay young basically yes and meditation will increase the length of your telomeres oh. and <laughs> honestly and you know I'm I'm 43 and just last week I went to a kinesiologist oh. and she told me that I had a um I don't know what it's like a, a body is or whatever anyway she told me I was 29 <laughs> nice I need to go and see her <laughs> see what happens you know, I was telling everybody I have to go and see her um I felt like, well, you know, I haven't wasted my 30s by meditating, that it actually has done something good for me, do you know? It actually, and then at another medical appointment as well, they told me that my results or whatever it was were really surprising for somebody my age. Brilliant. <laughs> See, you've got it, you've got it sorted. <laughs> you, know, I think, you know, the science says this and the, the reports say this, but then when people tell you this, about yourself then you know it's true it does make a difference yeah Yeah. i did actually a whole podcast on telomeres (laughs) yeah i'll i'll I'll, um i'll send you a link it was a brave while back Uh, i can't even remember what i talked about lobsters because they are supposed to be the ones with the longest longest ones it's a a whole lot of crazy science behind it but yeah that i have talked about that in the past and i probably did talk about meditation as part of it actually yeah yeah very cool you can tell if you look at um, the monks and the nuns who practice, who live in a kind of monastic life, who live in a mindfulness practice center, and you look at their faces mm-hmm. and see how they move and walk. And, you know, they all look way younger. I mean, literally decades younger than their actual age. It's really remarkable. Yes. So, you know, you're, if, you want, if you're interested in staying young and staying healthy, then, you know, meditation is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And it's not difficult once you get into a habit I have definitely created a habit now um, and I find it uh, annoying if I don't do it but that just, you just have to do it maybe 21 times in a row and then that's you you're you're fixed in that habit and it feels weird not to do it yeah yeah exactly it's, it's just the way that you start your day it's mm-hmm. like um sometimes people do a course with me or even they come on a retreat or something and they think wow that's amazing or you know they do and a day we can get information and everything and they think that's it now I I'm know. sorted <laughs> yeah. yeah but it doesn't work like that it's mm-hmm. like if you go to the dentist and you get a deep clean on your teeth you don't say okay then I don't have to clean my teeth for the rest of the year <laughs> <laughs> ew yeah every day you know so that's how that's it's kind of like almost like a drawback that I don't like to advertise you know I say come to my class and learn about this and I don't say, and you'll have to do this for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what it's about, it's a practice for your, for your life. It's it's not just a tool or a technique. It's mm-hmm. a way of life. It's a way yeah. of being. Like yeah. getting up and brushing your teeth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I've got a very good question for you here. Uh, how, how do you think we can build mindfulness into a busy working environment? You know, if you work in a pretty high stress job, uh, what's what's effective for somebody that you know doesn't want to do anything too overwhelming that can just take about five minutes or two minutes in the day of a busy office life or something like that? You know, it, it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Different people will find different things useful. That's what I have um, noticed in my classes. So I do get lots of people exactly like how you're describing. 
you know, busy people who work in offices and do all sorts of different types of jobs mm-hmm. and different people, different age ranges and different responsibilities. So one of the, the best ways, the easiest thing is to create moments of stopping, moments yeah. of pausing in your day. So if you do your 10 minutes or 15 minutes in the morning, if you have a wee app or something like that, that's great. Mm-hmm. Have time to do that. <laughs> but if you can um, stop and pause throughout the day. And so what you need to do is have reminders because the practice is really easy. You know, you can find out about the practice, you can learn, you can come to my class, you, you know how to do the practice. Yeah. But it's remembering to do it is the hard part because we mm-hmm. get caught, we're so busy and you know, life is fast. So it's about stopping. And one of the things I teach a lot of people, and I got this from a nun in Plum Village, and I've been teaching it ever since, it's called um, traffic light meditation. Okay, cool. Um, Most of us have to either drive to work or we're a passenger on a bus or something. And, you know, when we're in the transport, we, and even if we're walking, you know, we will come to a traffic light Mm -hmm. and um, it might be red. Mm -hmm. And what is the red traffic light? It's a stop sign. Mm Mm-hmm as an opportunity to stop, follow the sign. Instead of, you know, gripping the steering wheel and getting anxious and tension building up. Yes. See the red light and you breathe in and you breathe out three times mindfully. Yes. And you know, I have, I have the minute I have on one of my courses I have a guy who's a black taxi driver and honest to God, he says to me now that he hit it he hits it when the light goes green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the opposite, yeah. He's loving this opportunity to come to the red light and just breathe and do as we breathe in. And, you know, it's so, you know, reinforcing of the practice. And a, just a simple practice like that can really change your whole day. Yeah. And, um, you know, it gives you a different perspective. And, you know, for him, he even told the story, um, a wee girl, a wee 17-year-old girl, <laughs> drove into him. Had a, he had a bit of an accident. And mm. instead of getting out and shouting at her like he would normally because he's, you know, he's, quite a reactive guy or he has been really yeah. um, he was able to be really cool about it and he mm-hmm. said it's breathing <laughs> mm-hmm. cannot underestimate the power eh? that is unbelievable yeah and it's a simple thing like that so and then you could do things like you can have a reminder on your phone so you can have your phone to go off a mindfulness bell you can get a wee app for that or you can you just do a wee alarm and there's a wee beeping sound a wee bell sound and you just breathe mm-hmm. if you get message instead of jumping to the phone or the phone rings and you have maybe you have to pick up the phone but let Mm -hmm. it ring for two or three rings and breathe with those sounds and then so use the sound maybe you live near a church and there's a bell's going off use the bell sound as a reminder to breathe yeah so just moments of pausing yeah that would be one of the easiest most important things and i mean there's also little tools you can learn like three-step breathing space I need a few minutes for me to go through that with you. You can practice that throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also practice walking meditation because we all have to do some sort of walking during the day, even if it's just from the office chair to the office loo. Um, <laughs> have, you know, or from the car park to the office. Um, mm-hmm. You'll have a space and you can pick a space. You can say, this is going to be my mindfulness route. And for these two minutes or five minutes that it takes me to walk here, I am going to be mindful of my steps. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be aware. So you can incorporate it. You don't have to add any extra time. 
you just bring different awareness to it. Mm-hmm. It's fu- funny you should mention that because I would normally walk to my car from work and it takes me maybe 15 minutes and I would always put the earphones in and either listen to music or a podcast. But yesterday I chose, probably because it was too cold, didn't even want to take my hands out of my pocket, but uh, I didn't even put them in at all and I just thought I'm just going to walk and not think or listen to anything and it was actually amazing. I had a really sort of you know I let my mind be creative and that's what they say you know whenever you do silence all the external chatter you can get more creative and all sorts of ideas come into my head so it was just simple but effective yesterday yeah yeah that's the thing you know it's it's letting go of all the thinking and you know if we're listening to the radio or watching tv we're not actually really relaxing because we're still having stuff going into our brain for sure (laughs) we're just putting more stuff in there yes clear later so um yeah sometimes just having some quiet time i remember reading a long time ago uh you know we don't give ourselves the opportunity to be bored anymore like if you think back whenever you were a kid and when i was a kid we got bored and we just kind of pottered about and started drawing and things like that there but now we just whip, whip open the smartphone and start scrolling through instagram you know and then you don't get creative again because you're not letting yourself get bored yeah <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Kids should spend some time getting bored. That's what I, I yeah. tell people too. Yeah, it's true. You know, we need to be bored. We need to be able to use our creativity and imagination. And, you know, we need some brain space. Yeah, yeah. it's not a bad thing to be bored. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's so, so all of this stuff, it's kind of like countercultural and counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why mindfulness has become so popular because the world has become even more busy and so 24-7 and so hectic that this needs a counterbalance and that's mm-hmm. the rise of the mindfulness movement is to counterbalance the craziness of life yeah yeah perfect love it and you hold uh retreats isn't that right what, what does a typical retreat look like with you i see you've got a few coming up <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, i love doing retreats this month i think i did six days of retreat which is crazy not do that many but um so a treat is a chance. I take people to a, a nice place, to a lovely venue, to a place where there's a lot of silence and quiet. So not a hotel because hotels usually have, um, you know, music on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Free parties going on, yeah. <laughs> and actually where we go in the Clodden, it's really quiet. But um, so we go like to a retreat centre, specialist retreat centre that has beautiful grounds or somewhere to walk. Mm. And um, we have silence. And we do different practices, including deep relaxation and mindful walking and mindful eating and um, just different little exercises. And honestly, it's like a real mental holiday for people. Sometimes people have said to me, this is the best day of their life. Oh, wow. you got to love hearing that, eh? <laughs> so it's just a chance to get away from it all. Yeah. And yeah. actually, when I go to the club and we go to the spa after, so I love to do that oh, as well. Awesome. Love but, it. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a day off. There's no phones. There's no, um, you don't have to do anything. Everything's an invitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a day of rest. So it's just um, a day to bath in mindfulness rather than just doing a little bit to actually have a whole day to do it. Beautiful. It just makes me feel relaxed listening to the thought of that. Never mind. Go on. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> okay, so just before you go, Bridget, um, if you could give our listeners one top tip, one simple bridgy nugget that that people can incorporate to help them build that better body uh maybe their mind body or soul <laughs> what would you what would you say one thing 
can it be um, one thing that takes some explanation? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> because the one thing I would say is treat yourself the way you would treat a five-year-old. Yeah. So that's my top tip. So, and for that, there's like, within that, then I have to explain it. Mm-hmm. And that means put yourself to bed on time. That's the best thing you can do for your well-being. Just like you would your five-year-old, you make sure they get to bed on time and maybe have some quiet time before they go to bed. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, um, nutrition. Mm-hmm. Try to eat well, just like you would try to make your five-year-old have some veggies and not too much sugar. Yes. Do that stuff. Um, number three, um, exercise. So some kind of movement. Um, you know, your five-year-old would probably be running about anyway. So, you know, what... <laughs> <laughs> You need to go and run about a wee bit or do some movement and it can, doesn't have to be strenuous just some mindful movement because movement in your body creates movement in your life Perfect. Um, and then the fourth thing is meditation and there are starting to teach um five-year-olds mindfulness now so. wow i love it <laughs> starting to do it in primary school so um kids really need it as a way to help them deal with their wee stresses as well so if you can do some mindfulness every day and then the fifth thing is uh connection because when you're five you have wee friends and you you notice the nature and you play with the dog and you do all those things and we need to do that as well we need to ensure that we are um having you know real connections um on a daily basis whether with people in our family or colleagues and that's just a case of you know saying how are you and really wanting to know and you know not being too busy to have time for people yeah a little bit every day of, of those things would be my top tip for well-being. They're awesome. I need to write them all down. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's too much. I can't really stick to one. There's like so many things. But yeah, any even if you do some of those things, and of course, we can't always do everything all the time. And yeah. it's not to be perfect. And I think that's really important to know because um, a lot of people are trying to be perfect and they're trying to do everything. And mm. that's not possible. So just a little bit as best as you can and um yeah would be grand awesome i love how excited you were about those as well <laughs> no i mean i think it's like it's so simple but it's so um helpful if you can think about those things yeah perfect i love it um so where is the best place for people to connect with you on the web Regine? before you go okay um on my website immeasurableminds.co.uk mm-hmm. or on my social media i have facebook twitter and instagram perfect i will put links to all of those in the show notes no problem at all oh thank you thank you so much karen no worries well that was absolutely fabulous i enjoyed talking to you today (laughs) thank you i'm glad i hope that was helpful remember if you have any questions you can send them along to info at karenkintock.co.uk and if you want to review the show on itunes i would love it as well and if you want to support the show head on over to karenkintock.co.uk forward slash support